But today, uh, the question and answer is on the theme of suffering and uh, what that looks like for us uh, in, this, in this life of faith. Uh, it's good to see everyone on this, um, yeah, on this beautiful day here. Uh, hello, everyone on YouTube. And um, yeah, these have been going well. I think today's question, uh, why don't we begin with a word of prayer? Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Lord, we know that through all suffering, uh, you have given us the greatest sufferer, and that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bless us in wisdom, knowing full well that through all things, uh, you have mended our wounds and given us the remedy uh, of, your, of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and his bloodshed for us. Bless us, O Lord, in this study, and may it be well with us as we continue to grow in your name. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, uh, okay, so the question is, if God is so good, why do we suffer? Uh, what, what do we say about that? Another question that's similar to this is what? Uh, if, why do bad things happen to good people? Kind of similar, kind of similar, but not, not exactly this question. Uh, but what is it? If God is so good, right, is God good? Uh, well, is he good? Yes. <laughs> I know I didn't let you answer that. Uh, why, why do we suffer? Why does he let us suffer? What is it about suffering that is... What is the fork in the road with suffering? Any, any discussions on that? We think of suffering. Uh, what, what types of sufferings do we face? We face... Death of loved ones. Death of loved ones, right? The mortality, just the fragility of the flesh. Uh, we deal with... Sickness, pain, uh, dysfunction, strife, uh, uh, discord. Uh, what about spiritually? How do we suffer? Is there spiritual suffering? Sure. Doubt. Doubt. Um, yeah, the devil harasses us in so many different ways. Uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I think those are the two uh, petitions that we always pray, reminding us of not only what the suffering is, but who, who uh, guides and directs us through that suffering. Um, if God is so good, why do we suffer? And that's the mystery, right? There are moments in life where uh, Carrie or Tina or Nancy or Dave or Ken will say, Lord, you are so good, but why am I here in this predicament? Have you ever, has anyone ever thought that in their life? Raise their hand. No? Is that, oh no, there's a lot of you. Very good, you're human. Um, human is good, right, Chris? Human is good? Human is good? <laughs> Sorry. That's good. Oh, <laughs> good answer, right? Uh, so if God is so good, why do we suffer? And suffering is something I think that we deal with people who are not believers and who said, you know, your God is so great. Why are we dealing with this? Or your God is so great. Why did this happen in my life? Um, and, and this is, I think, the question to which will help you get them to, uh, as we turn in the sermon this morning, what their great what the greatest peace is all about in the midst of all that we face. Um, and I think that's where this goes down. So um, why doesn't someone read uh, 
Yeah, okay, before we read that, just a thought. There are people out there, even Christians, or, um, oh, I don't want to, I don't know if we should, anyways, if you should call them that, but <laughs> there are people who say, it just depends, right? Uh, you know, God wants everything good for your life. And if you just believe hard enough, he will give you all the good things in this life. And if you're not believing hard enough, then you just have to believe harder because all those bad things will happen to good. Now, is that, is that the right way to think of suffering? You'll never be good enough to not have suffering. I've never seen a Mercedes show up in my driveway, no matter how much I thought about it. You know, true, true story. I was in Fort Wayne. You know, there was, we, you know, in Fort Wayne, there isn't a Korean market. You know, we all go to the Korean market every week in Northridge here. Uh, off of Reseda all the time uh, to get our Korean food because uh, we're Korean. <laughs> <laughs> but we do go to the Vallarta market a lot of times. Well, I go solo to check out the meat. And uh, really, they have this long aisle of meat. Um, but the point is, is that uh, when I was in uh, Fort Wayne, uh, there would be an Asian food market like literally a size of a radio shack or something, very small, because they didn't have a lot of food there. That, they didn't have a lot of Asian people there. But I was there, and I was getting ready to get my food, and, and this lady came up to me, and she gave me this pamphlet. And uh, the owner, who's Christian, said, oh, oh, he's studying at the seminary. And this lady was giving me a pamphlet. I, she was a, Jehovah, a Jehovah's Witness, and that's why the clerk said, oh, no, he's studying at the seminary. You know, like, she's like, oh, no, no, this is good for him. And, and she gave me this pamphlet, and what was on it was, what do you think? It was, it was a, a yacht, a mansion, and, and money signs. And I saw that, and I said, so you're telling me if I believe in what you're saying, I will get all these things. And it, made, it reminded me of how people do think that is how God works. That if we believe, we will have the golden yacht. Literally, it was a golden yacht. It wasn't just a yacht. It was golden. I'm like, wow, you could totally break that up. <laughs> Melt it down and sell it, right? <laughs> but that's, <laughs> that's, that's what the allure is to a transactional God. Right? And that's what people think God should be. And I just sat there like, oh, that's interesting, people's view of God. So in light of that, if God is so good, when we suffer affliction, when we see a loved one die, right? And again, we, we talk about all the people who are suffering this day, young people. You know, we've been praying for the Myers family time and time again. And, 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 and again, uh, a, a young person who is dealing with something very grave, it's a, tough, it's a tough thing to go, I can't even imagine. But this is the question, I think, that reminds us uh, of what this is all about. If God is so good, why do we suffer, right? Think about that today. Uh, why don't we read uh, Matthew chapter 10? Uh, it's on your paper there, uh, real quick. So could read that for me in a loud voice? Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. 
And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. All right. So Nancy said earlier that, uh, what did she say about uh, suffering? I don't know how you said it, but you said it well. Do you remember? You can't ever believe or be good enough to not have suffering. Okay. Yeah. So... So when we talk about suffering, uh, what is it about suffering right here about taking up the cross? What does taking up the cross mean? What does that mean, taking up the cross and following him? Uh, We see that also, I think, in Matthew 16, right? If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. What, What does taking up the cross mean? Does anyone have any cross is how Jesus suffered, and we're imitating him. Thank you, seminarian Dane. <laughs> Please give them time <laughs> to, to answer. There was like two full seconds. If Dane is not here, let's say Dane is not here. Uh, so, uh, um, yeah, you know, what we talk about... When we talk about suffering, uh, we, we talk about our life of suffering, it, it is of taking up the cross and, and denying oneself, right? That in the midst of suffering, uh, there we cling uh, to Jesus and the cross that he took upon for us. But this is where we find the tension, right? In Matthew 10, what is it? I underline verse 39. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Why is this such an important verse in regards to the question today? Why is verse 39 an important verse on the question at hand? Any thoughts on that before Dane? Don. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, did, did God ever promise you that if you believed hard enough, that he would give you all the good things that you've ever wanted in the world? Has, has, he, ever, has he ever said that in Scripture? Uh, has he... We, we talk about St. Paul, right? And, and, and suffering. He talks about suffering so much because this is the life of a Christian, in the face of a world that is dark and separated from God and against God's word, he faced a lot of suffering, but yet at the same time, he had all, what does he say? Rejoice in suffering, right? He says, rejoice in suffering, right? Um, So, yeah, go ahead. Because he knew he was suffering because he had faith in the Lord. He was spreading the gospel, so he was suffering that way. But some people suffered just they were attacked by somebody when they were little or something. They were a victim. Not because they were following Jesus, just because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. So what about that kind of suffering? Wow. That's right. And this is where I think, you know, that that is a very case-by-case kind of discussion with that person. Um, and we don't know. We wouldn't know why that, why that particular case happened, right? People that died from COVID, you know, there's a lot of cases like that. 
that, that's kind of in the same way, in a way. It, it's just like, but we live in a broken, corrupt world. Yeah. I mean, if you think of the Garden of Eden, we are so far from that, and our world is so corrupted that because of you know evil is part of that. But we're 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 broken, and so I think yeah. some of that brokenness allows. <coughs> some people will say that God is. You know, God loved us so much. He wouldn't let that happen. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And that can be a huge stumbling block for people to want to love and serve God because they're they don't want to. They don't agree in how God is running the world. That's, sure. That's, that's why and, and, that's why the Garden of Eden happened. Yeah. Because we wanted to be bright like Him. I mean, we had we had a non-suffering world. Yeah. We had that. So, so in the midst of that suffering, again, that verse 39, whoever finds his life will lose it. Uh, it depends on how you define life. Like, is it a worldly life, or is it your life connected to God? Yeah, so yeah. No matter what the circumstances in this world. I think, I think that's part of the problem right there. <clears throat> there is so much expectation by so many people that your sole purpose in life is to be happy. That's nonsense. Scripturally, I think your purpose in life is to serve others. You know, we're just getting into um, chapter 5 of Ephesians in the Ephesians study. Yes. And that's all about service to somebody else, service to a wife, service to a husband, service to parents, children, and so forth. That's really the purpose of our lives. And sometimes that, that exposes us to the consequences of somebody else's actions. It exposes us, <clears throat> excuse me, to the consequences of our own actions. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it, you know, what we talk about, and this is where I think whoever loses his life uh, for my sake uh, will find it or... Uh, you know, whoever finds his life will lose it. We see these two, these two dynamics here in verse 39. Um, and I don't know why I did the first one, the second, and the second, the first. I should have done whoever finds his life will lose it. I'm so confusing in my mind. Um, trust me. Oh, dad, 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 you got this. Anyways, um, that's what my kids would always say. Uh, but uh, my... you're right. You're right. Baby wipe it. You know, baby wipe it. That's what we always do at home. Uh, but uh, depends on the spider. I might have to hesitate one second, depending on how big that one is. So uh, anyways, uh, but uh, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Um, and this is uh, from Luther's uh, uh, sermon, um, uh, Coburg, uh, edition 51 here. This is his quote, and it says, So you may do either one of these two, either suffer or deny Christ. If you are willing to suffer very well, then the treasure and consolation which is promised and given to you is so great that you ought to suffer willingly and joyfully because Christ and his suffering is being bestowed upon you and made you and made your own. And if you can believe this, then in time of great fear and trouble, you will be able to say, even though I suffer long, very well then. What is that compared with that great treasure which my God has given to me, that I shall live eternally with him? Right? Next one. 
Whoever finds his life will lose it. But when they run into affliction and suffering, they have nothing to comfort them. For they do not have the mighty promises and the confidence in God which Christians have. Therefore, they cannot comfort themselves with the assurance that God will help them to bear the affliction. Much less can they count on it that he will turn their affliction and suffering to good. So in those two, uh, as Luther would speak right here, what is it about whoever finds his life or whoever loses his life? What is the distinction about how we deal with suffering? If we're trying to find our life in the midst of our suffering in this world, what are we left with? What are we left with if we're trying to find um, our life in the midst of suffering, apart from Christ, of course, what are we left with? You know, we could try to fill the holes, as we heard about in the sermon. We could try to fill the holes and, and make sure that everything is good. But what happens tomorrow? There's, there's another thing that comes up. And there's another thing, you know, and, and that goes back to what we talked about the fall. That at the end of the day, or Ken said the fall, right? Uh, at the end of the day, we're born in a world that is separated from God and that there is suffering because of the sin that has befallen all of us, Right? And in that reality of the sin condition, how do we deal with suffering? Do we find answers in this life to remedy ourselves from that true suffering that we are facing? Or are we just going to try our best and, and hopefully it will somehow subside eventually? What, what, how do we... And this is what Luther is really bringing to us in our text today is that it says right there, um, but when, a, when they run into affliction and suffering, they have nothing to comfort them. Suffering sharpens us. Now, we're not looking for suffering. I'm not, I'm not, um, <laughs> this is my Spider-Man. I don't know. But I'm not, lo- <laughs> Some people do though, right? Some, some apple do that. Well, yeah, Catholics are like that. Yeah. I think it helps them to get to heaven faster. But, but honestly, we're not looking for suffering because we know that there is going to be suffering, right? But why is it that in that suffering that we face, trust me, and it's not just physical, right? It's the guilt, it's the shame, it's the spiritual, the tantatu, the, the spiritual attacks of the devil himself. He attacks us, despair, loneliness, isolation. I mean, there's so many ways to which we suffer. That, trust me, all of you right now, deep inside, you might be facing something that you're dealing with uh, that is very overwhelming, very troubling, very, like, angsty, like, very, I don't know what to do with this. How do I deal? How do I deal? If God is so good, why isn't he there for me? Where are the answers? How do I deal with this? And, and again, in that suffering, this is where what? This is where we see verse 39, the fork in the road. Where, where, wait, verse 39, that's right. Where are we going? Are we going to save our own life in a sense of uh, fend for ourselves? Or are we going to lose our life and trust in this life of faith in the Savior Jesus? I mean, what is, this is the point to which suffering really shines in a sense of where do we flee? What do we trust in this midst of suffering? But trust me, because at the end of the day, we know the Genesis 3 problem of sin and death. And of, of, of the sweat on the brow, uh, the pain in childbearing, all these things, uh, mortality, all these things are part of our suffering. 
And if we do not understand the spiritual problem that we are born into, um, not only do we think that suffering we can get rid of ourselves, uh, but rather we will even progress into more despair and more burden and more wondering why are we stealing, still dealing with our suffering. We look at a world today, right? Suffering. That's what's happening. It's not just we're having discord or strife or we're just not getting along, right? This is spiritual suffering ever since the fall in Genesis 3. That's how you should see it. It's evil continuing to plunder the land in its so many different ways. Uh, the failure of vocation in so many different ways. The failure of our own sin in the call to love and serve neighbor. And this is all uh, how the world is suffering right now. That's the clear spiritual problem, right? Um, and therefore, in that suffering, where do we flee? Do we try to save our own life? Or do we flee to the suffering Christ? And that's, that's the tension that you face and I face in my life, Right? And we see that whoever finds his life, whoever loses his life, remember, it says right there, as I just read, so you may do either one of these two, either suffer or deny Christ. Those are the two things. Um, Suffer or deny Christ. Right? Uh, If you are willing to suffer very well, then the treasure and consolation which is promised and given to you is that great, uh, is so great that you ought to suffer willingly and joyfully because Christ and his suffering is is being bestowed upon you. And this is the life of faith. We will face suffering, my friends, especially as Christians. You are entering in, I think we talked about this on Wednesday, didn't we? What are, Dave's like saying, what, what are you going to say, Pastor? I, I don't know what we talked about, yeah. if you don't say it. But we talked about how, um, wait, what was I going to say? Um, wait, what suffering. was I? Suffering, yes. Dane, when you turn 40, you'll understand what I mean. Anyways. Uh, Especially for Christians. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, Christian suffering. Yes, you're entering into a battle that you've never seen before. We talked about that Wednesday, right? Uh, about understanding that this is just, it's not that the world, Jim or Joan did something bad to me or I did something bad to them. But rather, it's a spiritual suffering of spiritual attacks of, of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Right? Um, and this is what we face. In this, in this side of paradise, right? And you are ready for that because, you're suffer- because in the midst of that suffering, that is inevitable, as Luther would say, to suffer or to die, deny Christ, there in your suffering, you see the suffering and you trust and cling to the suffering of Christ. In that moment of pain and affliction, which you and I very well cannot explain, nor, nor if you ever came to me and asked the question, why is this happening? My answer will always be, I really don't know exactly. If I answer that question for you in a very specific way, I mean, of course, I'll, I'll go through this. But if I answer in a very mystical way, well, God wants to tell you this, please run away. <laughs> please. For my own good. No, for your own good. Please run away. Right? No, it, it, it's in that suffering that we face. This is something that we cannot deny in the Christian life. Christian suffering is real. And a lot of people will say, well, that shows weakness. That shows vulnerability. That shows that you don't believe hard enough. That you're not a genuine Christian because you're suffering. Look, you got to put on a polished face and a self-righteous face. Look at that. You have it all together. No. I mean, 
you know, our store, if we're, as I said, if we're Church Avenue and people are a store window shopping at churches, they will see people who need Christ. Not people who saying, oh, we don't suffer, we don't face any type of affliction or temptation, we're not sinners, we don't, no, we, we face that, right? We face that in every, each way. But here, this is where that fork in the road is. Do I trust in the ways of man? Do I find my life in this world? Or do I lose it and find my life in him? And this is what, how glorious, even in the midst of suffering, our faith is. Um, and I pray that you can apply that to things that you cannot explain in your life. Right? Um, because if it just stops here, if you take away Christ, what do you do with that? If there's no suffering in Christ and what he has done for us on the cross, what do you do with this? We see the world trying to deal with it in so many different ways. Am I right? How does the world deal with suffering apart from the suffering Christ? What does that picture look like? It's just you. How? It's just you. I mean, from a, uh, from a stance of not believing and just looking at suffering on a very surface sense, how, how do we deal with this as human beings? Because we are, we are human. And Chris says sometimes that's not so good, and, and that's absolutely correct. But how do we deal with suffering without Christ? This is inevitable for everyone. Even the most richest and most famous and the greatest CEOs of this world who have golden yachts, <laughs> literally, in their backyards, why is suffering even for them there? How do they deal? Of what? Of, of worldly treasures, I guess. You know, there's never enough gold. There's never enough anything. Or, or you, you self-medicate with drugs and alcohol yeah, to try to escape. Yeah, I mean, famous musician. Yeah. This whole thing is getting back to a very fundamental principle. It's the difference between having faith and trying to work something out by my own works. Now, we can call it salvation by working at it, whatever you want to call it, but it's me doing it. <clears throat> That's the you that yeah. talked about. And that's a huge difference between where we are and where I think the rest of the world is. They're still trying to work it out themselves. And for us, is, so as you look at the news, what do you see? Do you see just a world that is in just human strife, that they just need to work it out? What, what do we see as Christians when we look at the news? I don't watch the news as much anymore, but when I do, I pray first. Lord, give me peace. Give me your wisdom to see through this. But uh, what, what, what do we see? What do we see? Spiritually speaking, what do we see in a world? What do we But you are, Ken. <laughs> Not that smart. All right. Smart, smart enough to, to know that God's in control. And, and that's where I think this is, this is where that moment of the suffering of Christ is so important in this life of faith. Because when we talk about our life of faith, friends, uh, this is 
this is where we find our life when we lose it. When we lose our life, when our zoe, when our life of Christ, uh, when our life is in Christ Jesus, uh, there we, we, we rest in the suffering or there we are connected to his suffering by virtue of our baptism as well, right? Uh, to what he has given to us in his life-saving work upon the cross. All right. And this is, I think, from our, um, a question from our catechism right here. Question within a question. If our gracious creator provides for all of our needs and protects us from all evil, why do suffering and death exist in the world? And that's very similar to our primary question. Um, suffering and death is rooted from our first parents who fell to sin and caused tremendous suffering throughout the world. In the midst of suffering, there we turn to God as we share in Christ's suffering and trusting in his bountiful promises, the gospel and the sacraments. Now, the key is here, you guys, as we said earlier, if we are trying to deal with suffering ourselves, what we are truly saying is that this life is all there is and we need to figure it out, right? For us in the faith, rather, it is, we very well know that even in the midst of our suffering, we are, our names are written in the book of life by the blood that was shed for us. That even in the midst of suffering, there is a greater suffering and victory in what Christ has done for us. And that is an eternal picture for us, all of us. Uh, and, and, there we, uh, and there we proceed in this life of suffering that connects us to Christ himself. Um, and there we turn to share in Christ's suffering. So, uh, yet we must ask in times of suffering, where do we flee? That's the bottom line. Where do we flee? Do we, do we flee to, let's say, uh, thinking that, you know, this cause or, you know, like what we talk about, uh, this world trying to do all these things to remedy the problems of this world. Where, where do we flee in times of suffering? And all I see in a world right now is a world that is crying out, for answers, a world that is crying out in the suffering that they might not even understand what they're dealing with. In your vocations that many of you are in, you, you deal with a lot of people, and you very well know that they are born in the same flesh as you are, and they need the same suffering Christ just as you do. And you see it from a spiritual uh, standpoint, even in your own children. Right? You look at your kids, and you see human beings. <laughs> you see the same suffering that they face, and there on this Father's Day, as fathers you are, you teach them and guide them um, and, and um, bless them with the very word of Christ in the suffering of Christ. This is what the life of faith is all about uh, in the word of God. And um, yes, so anyways, so do we deny ourselves and take up the cross and follow him? Uh, Jesus said to Peter, when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. Jesus is telling him, you're going to be the greatest Apostle, you're going you're gonna to be the greatest evangelist. You're going to preach so good, but you're going to die for the faith. That's, a, that's suffering, right? You're going to die. But he went, and he died. But it's not like he was left alone. It's all in terms of the suffering Christ, and that is how we go. That was a weird tone. All right, <laughs> sound like a... A ghost or something. Anyways, um, so again, uh, let's see. Uh, martyrdom would be St. Peter's course. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. John 17, Jesus' high priestly prayer. I think we preached on that 
probably a month ago, I believe. Uh, but here we again see uh, the life of the Christian is that the world has hated them. The life of persecution, which I don't think we face too much yet here in the Western world compared to other parts of the world. But indeed, it will come. And do not be surprised that the church will be and will continuously be attacked. And your answer might be, why would this happen? Why would the Lord let this happen? Yet we see that even in the midst of that, this suffering of Christ prevails over all things. And at the end of the day, that is where your faith is, right? For Peter, all the apostles, for us, it is in the word of God and what he has given to us by the very gift of the gospel. All right, so um, this last kind of uh, division we'll see in the true conflict uh, or the artful rest. And these are the two kind of things I want to talk about. Uh, The true conflict in the midst of suffering, uh, for this is the Christian art, which we must all learn. The art of looking to the word and looking away from all the trouble and suffering that lies upon us and weighs us down. Do you look at the word when you're in suffering? Our answer would be yes, but at times also, honestly, to be the sore wart there, uh, we also do not, right? In our sinful flesh, do we always look to the word when we are in suffering or in trouble? And we know what we ought to do, but we do the very thing that we hate, right? Sometimes we, yes? I think when you stay in the word, in your life, it's like... The Holy Spirit makes those words come to mind to you when you need it. Not that you physically go to the Bible, but He counsels you. Sure. Spirit does. Sure. But when we forget to go to the Word in those times, we need each other to remind us. Yes, our brothers and sisters. That's right. That's right. So, so we see right here, um, yeah, we must all learn the art of looking to the word and looking away from all trouble and suffering that lies upon us and weighs us down. And why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening, we might say. But then another question would be, why would Jesus die for me? Because he did. And I have life forever. And my sins are forgiven. And he suffered the greatest. I mean, I call this suffering, but... Like, he suffered so that I could be his own and that, my, that I may live with him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. Like, wow. Like, even if my flesh is wasting away, my, 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 my soul is being renewed every single day in Christ Jesus. Yeah, you could take away this life. To live is Christ, to die is gain. I know I say that at home a lot. Um, <laughs> just walking down the stairs. To live is Christ, to die is gain. And... Uh, <laughs> You can ask my wife. I do. Yes, yeah, so I told wife we need uh, we need whiteboards in every room, on every wall, so we can teach our children every every angle, every which way, and every opportunity. But uh, uh, no, uh, it's true. You know, uh, because our gain is the suffering of Christ. Our eyes are always on the cross and what He has given to us in the Word and Sacrament. Um, it says right here, but the flesh is utterly inis- incapable of this art. Right? The flesh. It sees no farther than the present suffering. 
For this also is the way of the devil. He removes the word far from one's eyes so that one sees nothing but the present difficulty, just as he is doing with us now. Do you, does that, that totally resonates with me. This whole looking at the present trouble and just being fixated on that, wondering how to deal with the suffering that is at hand. Like the flesh is utterly incapable of seeing the art of how to deal with suffering. And the devil is right there rooting you on saying, you could do this. You could do this yourself. You don't need Christ. You could do this yourself. Uh, you are capable of this art of doing this yourself. Um, Chris, yeah. Or he'll offer you other deceptions, saying the whole karma thing, where you are, that's really big today. Karma, yes. And, and the suffering is, but people accept the suffering, they look at it as, oh, in their past life, they're undoing, or they're, you're working for, it's worse again, but you're, but you're right. good works to conflict with the bad, and Scales. They, and that's, that's yeah. why. So they don't have the worry about why. It's, it's because they're working. They, it's They've done something, and they deserve yeah. it, and they need yeah. to... So, so, so the devil Interesting. Has, has taken away their need of a savior, actually. Good point. Because they re- have reasoned it out that this is what you do in life. It's that's right. Balancing the scales. <clears throat> that's right. That's right. Um, yes. Uh, John sixteen thirty three. I have said these things to you, that in me you, have, you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. Even in the midst of tribulation and suffering. I don't know if you've ever faced anything tragic in your life, but if you have... Those are the moments where we see our suffering for what it is. And there we retreat to the promise of God saying, I don't know why this happened, Lord. I don't know why this is happening. But what I do know is that you have overcome the world. And that you have given me or those who are suffering life in your name. Um, And that's looking to the word, right? Not looking away, but looking to the word. Uh, The artful rest in the midst of suffering right there. This then is the true art, that in suffering and cross, we should look to the word and the comforting assurance and trust them. It is as if we are saying, danger and terror will surely hit you if you accept my word. But let it come, this will, ha- let it, let it come. This will happen to you because of me. So be of good cheer. I will not forsake you. I will be with you and will help you. No matter how great the di- affliction may be, it will be small and light for you if you are able to draw such thoughts from the word of God. And this is the artful rest. And that artful rest is outside of yourself in the word Jesus. Right? We see it right here, the suffering of Christ, the gospel, the death and resurrection of our Lord. I will not forsake you. I will be with you until the end of the age, Matthew 28, right? And no matter how great the affliction will be, that burden is light because Jesus invites all those who are broken and heavy laden and he will give them rest. And at the end of the day, it sharpens us in this midst of suffering to the hope that is Christ and what he has given to us in his word, right? This is what suffering is. And it's in the midst of that suffering where our faith sees ultimately away from ourselves and into the word, the suffering of Christ. That's the answer to our suffering. I think people talk about suffering and when they say, if God is so good, why do we suffer? Right? They, they say that question in light of, 
this is who I want my God to be. This is, I have God in my own blueprint, in my own algorithm, and I want him to be the way I want him to be. Now, thanks be to God, that's not the case. (laughs) Because we're in trouble if that's the case. God is who he is, that even in the midst of that suffering, he sends you Jesus, the one who suffered for you. And that is your joy through all the things you may be facing in this life right now. This is the tension, you guys, of looking away to God's word, the art of rest, and the true conflict in the midst of suffering. Those are the two kind of tensions that we face um, in light of our spiritual nature and our struggle at times in this flesh. We close with this in Romans 5. Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Holy Spirit, hope, not just any hope, but Christ and what he has done for us. So what do we learn from this question, you guys? Again, like all the other questions that we've studied, that it's all about Jesus, right? It's all about Jesus in your suffering. You think, I think my suffering is so great, but when I'm at the foot of the cross, I, we, we dwell upon the suffering of Christ and say, wow, that suffering. Like my death has been overcome. I'm forgiven of my sins and I have life, life eternal. And I know for sure that I am his own and I will live with him in eternity just as I do right now as eternal life is with me right now all by what he has done for me. Nothing can take me away from that, Romans 8, right? Nothing can snatch me from that word of God. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 8. But uh, this, is, this is where we see the suffering of Christ. So any questions on this before we close about suffering? Does that, is that clear to you? I want you to apply this. Yes? Still, when, when our neighbor asks us... How can you believe in a God when all this suffering continues? I mean, how do we, we understand that suffering is going to happen? We do. That suffering is going to happen and that we look to our Savior. But how do we respond to the person who says, how can you believe in a God that, that allows this to happen? If your God is all-powerful... Because they're, they're coming from a standpoint not understanding what the spiritual problem really is. Suffering to them is just, and suffering for humans is just a very, what's the word? A very human way in thinking like, if God is so great, why is this happening to me? We're, as I said earlier, we're putting God in a box, telling him what to do rather than what his will is. When we understand the Genesis 3 problem of sin and death, we definitely understand that suffering is part of our cross. It's part of our taking up the cross. But yet at the same time, it is by the suffering of Christ. If God is so good, he is good. Why? Because in that midst of suffering, he gives you Jesus. That is why he is good. If God is so good, why do we suffer? And you might say in every particular reason, well, I I quite don't know why we suffer in that particular case. But what I do know is that this is the reality. This is the result. But our Lord doesn't leave us there. He sends us his son who suffers on the cross for us, the greatest suffering, so that our wounds are mended and that we have life and forgiveness in his name. That is why our God is so good. That is why he is so great. He didn't just leave us there. 
but he saved us from our sin. That's what we're, our greatest suffering is, right? It's not, it's not the fear, we talked about in the sermon this morning, about spiders or, or silverfish or um, bears, right? It's, uh, or, a sin in, or our own sin and death, right? It's Jesus who answers that sin and death for us by his suffering upon the cross. You got to get them to this understanding of the spiritual to see in order what true suffering is. That it's a spiritual thing ever since the separation from God. And therein, outside of ourselves, which this suffering truly sees us in the spiritual, that we cannot mend our, we cannot do this ourselves. But God actually does it. He does address suffering by giving us the suffering of Christ and the gospel. And that's what you're dealing with with people, right? Is the understanding of what spiritual, really, what spiritual problem we're dealing with here. And in that spiritual problem, what that answer is in the midst of our suffering, and that is Christ, right? It doesn't end on our suffering, right? It, it's, this is not what defines us. It's the, it's the definition of Christ and his suffering that we are covered by his name and we are under his name. And that's where you talk about the true suffering that Christ uh, was humiliated and he endured upon that very cross uh, for our sin, right? So hopefully that makes... It's, 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 sometimes you're talking on two different pages with people, you know. To me, as a Christian, but when you see others who are, who, are, who are not, who are suffering terribly, you know, then how, oh. Yeah, I, I mean, you could, you, could, uh, you could ask, well, why are these things happening? What is the root of the cause of these things that are happening? Is it just happenstance? Is it just the way it is? Why is our world you turn on the news. It's suffering. Why is that happening? Is it because we don't have all these laws in place? Laws are good. Don't get me wrong. But is it because we don't have these programs set up? Is, it, is, this, is this why if we do all these things, will our world get better, completely better? And the answer is no, right? This is the, the spiritual problem of sin and death and of evil, right? This is where it is addressed by the one who suffered for us. And that's where you need to get them to the root of the matter, and that is uh, the fall in the garden and the remedy of Christ. And God is not the author of evil. He has, he, he has no part in evil. That's right. But it's the people connected because they say, but God lets evil happen. That's the problem to me. Mm-hmm. I, I can't get my mind around it. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 and that's a, great, that's a great, I don't know, question in the sense of exactly in every particular case. But even with suffering... What is happening in suffering? What did we learn in the pandemic about our faith? Honestly, what did we learn in the pandemic about our faith? I just talked to Pete about this um, in the bushes over there. <laughs> Not the bushes, the trees. Sorry, Nancy. The trees. The bushes. What, what do you think I talked about? When we talked about the pandemic and how it has, what has it done for our faith? Shows us whether we're going to try and save our own life or not. Yes. Okay, good. Good. And it has... Sorry, this is not a good trade. It has sharpened us. Right? It has circled us. Right? It has sharpened us, right? Uh, pencil sharpener. Okay. Do we use pencil? Do yeah. we? Yeah. Oh, 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 this, this. Or, or, or zzz. <laughs> but trade, you can't make sounds, right? Anyways, uh, but, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, but it's, it has sharpened us. Because in our suffering, there all we can depend on is Christ and his work. There we go, right? It's well, tough. I'm not saying it's easy, like but in, it's. In Job, that, that's the whole story, of, and it comes. The bottom 
I'm the one who made the earth. I'm the one who made you. And, and, and yeah, me. And yeah. you're the creature. So if you, in humbleness, you have to just say, okay, God, you figure it out. You're, you're it, and I know you're good. I know you didn't invent evil. I know it happens right now because it's not separated from our life until Christ comes back. Um, but for some reason that we don't know because we're just creatures, it's here. Yeah. And it just comes down to that trust and faith that that's how it is. And because it's how it is, because it's how it is, this is how it is. This is how it is, right? Like, this is how it is. And what a great comfort that is, right, in the midst of it all. So, anyways, um, let's stop there. i got to prep for the next service. So, um, but uh, let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we, we, we thank you for the suffering of Christ and what uh, uh, our Lord and Savior has done for us. Bless us, O Lord. Uh, in the one true faith, and through all suffering that we may be facing right now. Lord, grant his faith to, uh, to, to trust and to have the artful and faithful rest in what you have brought to us in your blood. Bless us in the gift of our baptism. Bless us in the food that you give in the supper. And lead us, O Lord, always in this one true faith. Lord, for all these things, we are thankful. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.